Hello, everybody, and welcome to a, another episode of Middle Row of the Podcast. We are discussing a new release this week, an Amazon original. I don't know the exact trajectory for this movie and how it ended up there, if it was originally produced there or not, but it is being sold as an Amazon original now, uh, and that is the film Radioactive. It is directed by Marjan Satrapi, and she is known for Persepolis and The Voices we talked about last week, and Chicken and Plums. Chicken with Plums. Chicken, Chicken with Plums and Persepolis, I think, are both adaptations of her own work in the comic book f- form. But this was, this is a, stars Rosamund Pike, Rosamund Pike, and is a biopic of Mary Curry, uh, who discovered radioactivity along with her husband, much to the chagrin of her, maybe. Yeah, I had heard some positive stuff about it, and I'm always up for a historical biopic, and I think this one is pretty good. I when it wasn't, I think Marjani's brings she brings a lot of her style and flair to the movie, and does some really interesting directorial flourishes throughout and when it does fall back into being kind of stereotypical biopic fair it is yeah it's okay but i think she dots the movie with enough interesting um conceits one in particular involves flashing forward in time um a few times and i think it's not only an effective way of analyzing this person and what they brought to the world but it also is done pretty well in the way it's integrated into the film one time really really well but yeah i don't know i enjoyed it i thought pike was pretty good she might have got a little over the top a couple times but i thought she did a great job of creating this hard-nosed woman who it stood up for what she believed in and i also thought it was interesting that it wasn't like a it wasn't like a love fest trying to make her out to look like some perfect being of the world. Like they, this, a lot of biopics feel like they kind of, you know, get rinsed to make the people look about as good as they can, you know, uh, getting rid of, you know, their abusive relationships and bad behaviors and what have you. But um, I felt this one was really, really kind of tackled, not only who she was, but what how her legacy ends up playing out. And uh, I don't know. That was good. Enjoyed it. I don't know. I read your review on Letterboxd, your brief little blurb, and you mentioned the thing go- like bouncing ahead being one your highlight for the movie. I was like, I think that might be one of the things I hated the most about the movie. <laughs> like, it was just weird. The movie, it felt like it was kind of disaffected. It didn't really... Like, I wanted it to take more of a stance. At some points, it felt like... like a biopic made for TV where it was kind of like highlight reel of her life without getting too invested in who she was or like having a stance on who she is until it became about like the scandals of her life and oddly like I don't know if it's trying to blame her for Chernobyl like it definitely didn't blame her for World War II and um, the bombs dropping because it was the American criminals that they pointed out many times were criminals in this movie Uh, (laughs) that was not her fault but, like, I don't know. I thought Pike was really good for the most part. But I wanted, 
I wanted to get more involved with her in her life, and I didn't so much care about the legacy of it all. Like, I actually wanted to know more about her as a person. And, yeah, like, I was just, it was okay. But And they did, there were these weird sections that they were, like, perfume commercials mixed with art and like video art installations mixed with the ring video we're like maybe you're gonna die of radiation poisoning in seven days it was weird and like i appreciated that like it had originality originality to it but at the same time it didn't work for me so yeah it was just i'm kind of just indifferent to the movie after it all i agree i wish it could have dove a little deeper but at the same time i also for, you know, just, like, playing the hits of her life. I thought it did yeah. a fairly decent job. Oh, I just feel like I don't even... I'd, I still feel like I don't really know her. Mm. Which is weird. Speaking of not knowing her, I was I was telling Kyle yesterday that we were doing this movie for the podcast, and he had never heard of Marie Curie before. And I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, that's why when you watch this movie, how could, I, I don't understand how he couldn't know who she was because she's such a big deal. But it's like, I don't know. There's plenty of people I don't know. So I'm sure he could pull something out for me. But like, They tried to cancel her plenty. It was just so crazy. First woman to win the Nobel Prize. First twice, person to twice, win it twice. twice. She's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> she, I mean, and her research, like she died because of her research, essentially, right? Like, yeah, I thought it was so weird that then they didn't say what she died of. They're just like she died in like that final scroll. It's like she did die because of the what did she have anemia? Anemia that was most likely radiation. Yeah, but yeah. See that that my I had a similar problem with the movie that you did, Lauren. Like I just once it ended, I felt like I learned I gained no new insight into Curry at all. Like this. And if a movie, if a biopic doesn't doesn't give me any new insight or make me care about the person it's about, that's a failure. Yeah. Like, it's just a failure. And I wanted to like this. I like uh, Pike a lot. I think she's a great actress. I don't think she does a great job with this. Not her fault. Like, just... She again. She can only yeah. Do so much there's one scene in the movie what's given to her where she's talking about like comparing the process of getting a uh, radium out of um, pitch or whatever, and she was comparing it to fermentation with the grape. It's like that was the one scene where I felt like she, she was a passionate person, and it was like a great scene for Pike and just that. But like the rest of it, I was kind of like, yeah, this is there this was, is stereotypical scientist person. <laughs> There was that, and then the sequence where she's like, "Can you make me forget my husband?" Or are we going full spoilers? Since we kind of, I mean, or... it's a biopic, so I guess. <laughs> okay. The bit where she's like, "Can you make me forget my husband?" Like, wait, her husband almost died? had an effect. <laughs> I love Shut so up, much that uh, he's like, he... it had, but it had this, it had this, like it almost affected me, but then it just cuts to chernobyl like in the middle of that scene i'm like what the fuck is this i uh, god damn it we were so close i feel i feel it's like more the, for it's the like dogs Krennic from uh, chernobyl from, and i haven't even watched that show yet than i do for the people in this movie it's like Krennic from rogue one we were this close this close <laughs> and i don't know like it, the pacing reminded me of wasp network yeah. actually where it feels so fast. Yeah. <laughs> but it also but it also feels like super long. Like I felt like I spent a day watching this movie, which I mean obviously I didn't, 
but it felt like that. Yeah, it definitely felt cliff notes. Yeah, and then the jumping back and forth between like the the like her the her what her research has yielded and then back to her, it just felt disjointed. Like it didn't work, and it didn't like I felt like it the like you said, Zach. It doesn't go out of its way to like make her look like she's perfect, but I feel like it goes out of its way to kind of make her look bad yeah. almost like it's like oh cool there's this one kid who looks like he might be safe from cancer that we get this really cool shot of but then yeah. we also get atomic bombs <laughs> and cancer radiation but like, like even I, the scene that was supposed to be positive is- for her like with maybe saving that kid's life it's like the thing that sticks out to me about that scene is the dad being like will this hurt him and the doctor doesn't say no so it's like so she's causing pain to children this monster fair line in the movie just i actually like burst out laughing just the way it was presented when she was sleeping with that other dude and then her children came in she just goes do you need feeding (laughs) i could not stop laughing i'm like i hope they played this for laughs because this is fucking incredible no i also just wanted to say about the music real fast it was so stressful like the beginning the whole time i mean for starters it's very stressful that she's just like everyone's working around radiation and radium and all this stuff she's like sleeping with it at night it's like you're just slowly (laughs) killing yourself but the music was so stressful and didn't really fit with the movie and it was like at one point it turned into this like sci-fi sound where it's like had aliens shown up at some point i would not have been shocked (laughs) well like the bit the other bit that i loved but for the wrong reasons is when She's sleeping with her husband, and their shadows just go all Peter Pan and like float off. And I'm like, what? Why? Yeah. I don't. Oh, what is this radiation doing? It is oh. disconnecting you from. Oh, I was so mad when they went to the seance stuff, and it's like it didn't tell us if they contacted Beethoven or not. It's like, like I want to know about that, guys. Guys, we we need some closure here. Did they talk to Beethoven? Like, I get it. Cancer therapy. Bombs. Cool. Did we get Beethoven? Yeah. What did you think, John? I'm, I'm between both parties right now. I'm between Zach and Lauren and Ben. And I think I'm leaning a little bit towards Lauren and Ben. As someone with a background in chemistry that knows, like, very little chemistry history beyond what I'm required to teach every year. Um, I did find this useful in learning more about such a inspirational and innovative figure in chemistry and in just in science in general so i appreciate it for that sake and i and i actually think rosamund pike did an amazing job i think it was interesting that they kind of played her character as maybe like perhaps like there's a there's a given or there's an understood awkwardness that comes with any type of like scientific genius or proficiency and like but at times it did sort of feel like, are they trying to imply that Marie Curie was maybe somewhere on the spectrum or was she just like this dedicated and invested in her work? That- that's that's exactly what my mom thought. Like, she was like, oh, they, they definitely wanted to make it look like she was, she yeah. had autism. I just took it as socially awkward, well, and- which I very much relate to. <laughs> well, and I think there is an aspect of... <laughs> Once they kind of peel back the layers of, and they don't go into it a whole lot, but the idea that she was greatly affected by her mother's death in the hospital and 
maybe the pursuit of trying to trying to be in a position to do more regarding those types of things is what fueled her scientific interests. Um, on on the Wikipedia page, it said that the her mother's death turned her from like the devout Catholicism of her mother and her uh, sister to more of an agnosticism and just an apathy in regards to those things. So I think, yeah, it's... It, well, all we got from the movie was she's scared of yeah. hospitals now. And so, like, and so it's... She had a great line about being a dirty Catholic or an ex-dirty Catholic, whatever it yeah. was. And <laughs> I think, real quick, I think that also, that entire sequence told me a lot about what it was like to be from a different country, especially like Eastern European country in a Western European country at the turn of the century when it, or what i don't know if it's the turn of the century but um it was the turn of the 19th century. okay thank you zach thank you history major zach 30, i think she died in the 1930s maybe uh yeah i think she died before world war ii so like the idea that just because you were from poland you immediately get attributed to uh judaism and how much anti-semitism was rampart in any part of Western Europe at the time. That was fascinating. So there's a lot of fascinating aspects historically about this film that it enlightened me to. I think some of the direction I actually found really cool, so some of the sequences like Ben and Lauren you were talking about, I found very compelling and very evocative, uh, such as the dancer or some of the some of the flash forward and flash forward sequences. I do think they're Zach, you mentioned this was based on a graphic novel? No, her previous work was. No, I think this was based on a graphic novel, too. Was and it? And so I think knowing that, some really? of those sequences make a lot more sense because I think it's easier to, like, flash between panels and kind of take the reader to a yeah. conclusion about or take them down a train of thought in a more effective manner than it is in film, at least in this in, in this instance. And it would need more visual flair, which is why we have, like, shadows <laughs> doing their thing, and that dance. That dance was an interesting thing, it just, I don't know. IMDb it says it's based on like a book a place in the movie, but... um, by Lauren Redness. Oh, okay. I don't so know I if that's a graphic life, novel but... or just a regular book. I thought I saw on Wikipedia it said a, no- a graphic novel, but I could be Lauren wrong. I'll, I'll Google it while you talk. Maybe maybe there is a graphic novel based on the but novel. Yeah, that could be. I mean, yeah, it could be, and not. It doesn't have to be either. It can be and too, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, there's like a lot of things that are compelling in this film, but I think I was just gonna say it's called Radioactive Marie and Pierre, Pierre Curie: um, A Tale of Love and Fallout. I yeah, don't know if it's a pun. novel though. But I think the thing, and granted, I can't think of a lot of biopics I've seen besides. I was trying to think and. The first one that comes to mind is uh, A Beautiful Mind. And then, and, and I guess we can debate whether or not this is a biopic, but uh, Amadeus. But the thing. Why wouldn't Amadeus? that be? I don't, I don't know, because it's, it takes a little bit more maybe um, creative liberty or creative licensing. Everything's taking creative liberty. <laughs> well, I feel like, I mean, didn't we have. movie the... with Eddie Redmayne? I... Danish Girl? No, oh, no, the one uh, where he was a scientist. Well, Theory of everything. Of, uh, <laughs> but I was also thinking of the... Um, I'm dropping both the actor and the musician. Shit. Uh, the guy from Kingsman. He was... Uh, Colin Firth. Oh. Uh, no, no. Uh, Jeffrey Rush. No, 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 Eggsy. He was... Uh, 
Elton John. Elton John. Taron Egerton. Yeah, the Elton John biopic that, like, the trailers made that seem like it's a biopic, but but also very eccentric. Before we move on, I just want to make it known that I did remember Stephen Hawking's name after I forgot it (laughs) when I said he was played the scientist. (laughs) That guy, Eddie Redmayne, played in that that You know that super famous guy guy where I just gave uh, Kyle crap about not knowing who a scientist was? (laughs) (laughs) So I think... Oh, Kyle better pull out a biopic. <laughs> that same biopic, you gotta watch that, I guess. Again. <laughs> so, okay, so that, and then, I'm, I mean, and then uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, I guess, would also be one. But Blech. I think the thing that makes... <laughs> well, Just shut up, Zach. Well, no, I no, I agree with Zach, because I think the thing that makes a good Shut up, biopic, John! <laughs> the thing that makes a good biopic is some kind of underlying tension and prevailing prevailing tension that AIDS is, isn't a good enough tension for you is well that's easily <laughs> conveyed and you agree with me so stop playing devil's advocate um, um mike myers saying you can't do something i feel like that's a whole lot of tension right that's that's introduced early on and 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 informs the entire narrative right and so when you think about a beautiful mind it's this uh, it's the paranoia that informs John Nash's behavior that is revealed as really just his uh, deteriorating mental condition. Um, in Amadeus, Amadeus it's Amadeus. the competition between Salieri and Wolfgang Amadeus, and Amadeus, sort Amadeus. of how that competition, competition informs their Salieri got crushed. Fool. And that's what makes these films like really compelling to watch. There wasn't really any of that. But that's in what the this. flash and forwards are. They're like she's driving towards the, all of this destruction and awfulness, but she also didn't good things. cause it though. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean she it, does. You know, so at the same time, so... you know, it's. It, I thought that's why it was so interesting, is because it's like she. But it feels so be blamed the for the actions so think, of other people. I, I'm not blaming no, I, her, but, but I, it led to it, it happened because of her, sadly. So, yeah, and I think that's the thesis that the film is trying to convey is that this is an area of which, like, how do we interpret scientific discovery that has led to such terrible and... Yeah, and you know, without uh, her, we would not have had as many people die in World War II. <laughs> it's like, no, we would have. Well, it, so, it's the, quote, it's the quote at the end, right, when she's walking with her husband and he says you changed the world and she goes in the right way and he responds i'd rather be someone that hopes the world full of light than fears for the darkness out there wouldn't you and she goes on to say she's like but i and he goes you threw a stone in the water the ripples you can't control there are things to be scared of but there's so much to celebrate and she goes i hope you're right i hope you're right so i i get that the the ambiguity and the ambiguity of of her of the the answer to that question of whether or not her her contributions did more good than harm uh and the subjectiveness of that is kind of the point of the movie but it it and i get that the that the flash forwarding into the different events whether it's the development of radiation therapy or chernobyl or the atomic bomb i get that they're supposed to highlight that tension and hark back to that point but it, it still wasn't really done in a compelling way, I think. And it wasn't very clear. And I will admit, like, this film, I like I had trouble getting through. So I, I, like, stopped and, like, did other things at times. And it just, it was hard to, like, really, st- 
like be wrapped in by it and so for for that reason like i kind of knocked it down a couple of pegs but i'm somewhere between a two and a half and a yeah. three I don't and like know. you bringing up that thing the scene with her husband like the ghost of her husband or whatever you want to call it in the end my problem with her asking that question is it's a compelling question sure but she never like that was the first time she ever seemed to ask that question like she didn't care about it in the beginning like throughout the rest of the movie so it's exactly. like, why is it suddenly coming up now? The only thing she ever really cared about or what the movie made it seem like she only cared about was radium being used in random products. <laughs> well, and and I think it could have highlighted the thesis of the film a lot more if it contrasted her uneasiness and her unknowingness at the end with her drive and with her ambition in the earlier part of her career. It was it was conveyed like well enough that she was ambitious and like super mm-hmm. motivated, but not enough to like create this character of or create this tension of, well, is all of this really the result of her ambition? Like was she not restrained enough in her scientific pursuits and endeavors? And the movie doesn't really create that thought process or thought train. It's like prior to that point, the only time we ever see or hear anyone ever say anything like that is when her husband's giving his Nobel Prize speech. And he talks about like the criminality that could like use this, uh, what they're discovering or whatever for bad. It's like that was the only time where like the morality of what is happening with their thing or with what they discover. That's the only time it's really brought up. She didn't really care or didn't seem concerned with that necessarily well, I, until that yeah, final I scene into her having the hubris of a scientist who had discovered not one but oh, two sure. new elements and yeah and the they're just d- 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 driving Pol- her to just i mean they do acknowledge people are getting sick and she knows that her yeah. husband was gonna probably die from exposure if he didn't get run over by that oh my carriage. God, him getting run over by horses was <laughs> such a left turn for me. I was just like, oh my God, it was amazing. <laughs> and then it went into some weird sequence of like just an art installation of like imagery. They're saying, like, what is happening right now? It's like, is this, this is what's going on in his brain as it well, dies. And I think to mention a couple other biopics we just talked about, Ben, I think to have that type of film style or cinematography makes sense for both rocket man because we're talking about like the fantastical creativeness of elton john but then it also makes sense in the context of a beautiful mind because you're talking about trying to visualize the genius or the understanding of a man that you like who you can't see their understanding right and it just Mm -hmm. it didn't it's it used that at times in reference to her genius like especially like you're saying lauren during the uh, grape scene when it it showed kind of the atoms and stuff like that um so it it kind of referred to it in that way but it yeah mm-hmm. i don't know yeah, they but, were just but we only get these weird we only get like moments. two scenes like that in the entire movie if that whereas a beautiful mind um you it's really, embedded in it right yeah, and you yeah. get to know and you also get to know the man behind these the person behind these incredible revelations, this, this, these discoveries, whereas, I mean, all we know about Curie from this movie is she apparently thinks she's a, a bad mom, she doesn't like people in general, and she's super arrogant. It's like, well, 
She's a scientist. I mean, I don't think she's a bad <laughs> no, mom. Her but she kids called seem her, to no, love her like very she much. Shout out to mom, though. At like, the end. Shout out to Anna yeah. Taylor-Joy. What wonderful. Yeah. Oh, who did she owe to be in this be movie honest, for this like, little portion? It's like randomly she showed up when, and it's like, what favor I got saw, called when in? I, when like, I first saw the cast of this movie, she was like third billing. So when I went in, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. She's going to be a big part of this movie. And then by the end, I'm like, this is some bullshit. Yeah, she showed up and I checked the timestamp. I was like, is there an hour left in this movie? I'm sure what she is happening? was a fan of the director. But no, it wasn't that much. Maybe she's a big well, fan I, of uh, Madame Curie. I, I still think there are some solid performances in here. And if anything, this makes me want to go back and watch more than just The World Is Not Enough. Uh, That's to see... your touch point or, or for not, Rosamund not, Pike? <laughs> not Gone Girl? No, no, not The World You know is what not you enough. guys What's need to see one? that What's I keep telling one? you to watch? Pride and Prejudice. Oh, I, I see Pride and Prejudice. Good movie. No, I know you have these other two weirdos. <laughs> this is the one. They won't listen to me. Without. If you want the one with zombies, you get to see the guy who played Pierre. <laughs> he was. Um, yeah, she was in Gone Girl. That one I had spoiled for me, so I haven't seen it. No. Totally yeah, but I mean that's for, for me that is. This is you saying that though. I I would agree with Zach. On this one, actually, like I think her performance yeah. and Ben Affleck's performance are like the you. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can stomach seeing a Bostonian wearing Cardinals gear. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a whole thing about that where like he fought? Yeah, there was. Yeah. <laughs> um, go watch Gone Girl. You can just fast forward through that. Put it in my top hundred of the but last. Yeah, go watch days. Pride and Prejudice. Oh, she was in The World's End and Johnny English Reborn. I I kind of want to start with a comedy for her. Just Johnny because. English, let's go! You you Di- can uh, <laughs> skip Wrath of the Titans. Die another day, just like yeah. That's the second one. Is Clash of the Titans is enjoyable. Wrath of the Titans, not so much. Yeah, I, I didn't. Wrath I didn't of the Titans has like one Titans. cool scene, and that's. I like, mean, I was expecting no, guys, garbage, so when Gods I watched, I was like, "This Egypt. is pretty fun." <laughs> Gods of Egypt. Oh, that one looks like garbage. I want to watch that one. I do want to watch that. Oh, she was in Surrogates too. I forgot that. She was in what? She's been in a lot of stuff. Surrogates? Is that the Keanu Reeves movie? Hostels, ugh. No thank you. No, that's that a Bruce Willis one. Oh. oh, yeah, that movie sucked. She's in Which Jack one? Reacher. <laughs> really? I didn't mind the Surrogates. I was not a fan. Uh, Rosamund Pike's great. Also, everybody, uh, Sam Riley, who plays her husband, is incredible. Really Pride good. In the movie. Yeah. No, no, he's fine in this movie. He's incredible as uh ian curtis the lead singer of joy division in the biopic control which is one of the best movies of the last 20 years i would say if we're talking about good biopics yeah i I mean i I hear what you guys are saying i think but like i thought the giving the nobel speech and intercutting it with the bombing of hiroshima was like brilliant did we ever did we get to hear her speech at all, or was it just the standing ovation for her? Like I Wait, wanted no, to hear she had a standing speech. ovation. We didn't even get to hear her speech. Yeah, I want to hear I her speech. I thought we had the speech. No, we just no, had her husband's speech. She did definitely get part of her speech in some way. I yeah, thought. I don't think so. Yeah. I remember, like, because I rewound it, because it was like, she walks out, and then everyone's, like, clapping, and it's like, did I miss it? And I rewound it, it's like, no, I didn't miss it. <laughs> 
And then there was some talking afterwards. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, was it a voiceover? I don't remember watching. I think it was. One. There was. There was no. There was. You know how I, I am with voiceovers, guys. She didn't say anything. <laughs> Lauren doesn't yeah. listen but, to voiceovers. Uh, yeah, just, if I block uh, if them out. suicide is any indication. Maybe I'm. Maybe I told I'm you guys it happens too. in video games too. <laughs> she will deny Giovanni Ribisi was ever in that movie. Uh, <laughs> I think it's inter- Like I would say, this movie is more interesting from a stylistic directorial standpoint than Rocket Man is. Like Rocket Man abandons its musical concept about halfway through the movie and just becomes pretty standard. You know, like just, just so you know, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm no, just no, no. I, I, I know, but I. But I wish that that was like, man, I think it's a good movie, but that would be my complaint is like it didn't try to keep it going. And I would say the same thing here. Like there are a few too many dragging bits between the flourishes. I know you guys weren't a fans of the flash forwarding thing like I was, but uh, I really appreciated that she was trying to enjoy. And then like, like you said, those little cut animated sequences, the fire dance sequence, um, I was always, I, I never went a few minutes without realizing she was doing something interesting directorially to try to make this, to, to spice this movie up. And Yeah. I appreciate the effort, yeah. but it did not work yeah. for me. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, Peter Pan Shadows highlighted the movie for me. I, <laughs> so what good. is some people's favorite biopic? I don't watch a lot of biopics. Yeah, I, yeah she Lauren I mean, calls them Oscar bait. I mean, does Walk the Line the count as a biopic? <laughs> yeah, oh, 100%. Why would it not? I like to Walk the Line. It's been a while. Been a while. I, haven't, I haven't seen Walk the Line. I should really get on that. I would say 300. Are you going to say that The Social Network is your favorite biopic? Um, oh, that's a good no, one. No, I wouldn't even consider that a biopic. Weird. Yeah, because it's not It's it's not about like him one per person. se. Yeah, I mean, it is. Like, like If someone yeah. argued it was, obviously I would be, it's a biopic. Like, But it's, it's its own, it's about this story more than it is about one, one person. One that I keep, one that's been at the top of my list to see for the longest time has been I, Tanya, if that counts. Yeah, that would probably oh, does that, that would be my top. Yeah, actually. So. I I thought Itania was pretty good. Like not, I think if I went back, I'd like it a little bit more. I wasn't in the greatest mindset when I watched it, but I did enjoy it. Um, yeah. I, mean, I like I mean, this both. as much in I, I, as any of the most recent you know Oscar-y biopic hmm. fair that's come out over what about, the last few years. You know, like what about Bad um, Education? Do we put that under biopic or? Uh, I would say that's kind of that social network bubble. You know, it's kind of like okay. more about the story so than then, it is about a person. So then for me, it's either uh, I, Tanya, or um, A Beautiful Mind, probably. So I'm not... a bunch I need to see. I need to see First Man. I need to see... Didn't mm, you like Shirley? First Man. Shirley was solid. Did I and make that Definitely up? worth watching for free on Oh, I need to see A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That was... Oh, man, that was Okay. That's not. Need to see. That's not a biopic about him. Yeah, but that's not a biopic. It's it's listed as a popular biopic per Google. I've heard Seaberg's not good, but I'm intrigued. It's not a biopic. Which one is that? Seaberg. It's uh, it's got Kristen Stewart movie that came out last year. What's unfortunate is I think my baseline for biopics are. Old Testament or like old biblical epics. Noah. So like the, <laughs> the Ten Commandments. The oh God. Noah. Or the greatest story ever told. Um, which is it was garbage. Which, if you ever look at the greatest story ever told, 
that that movie should be known for having like mainstream actors in the most like marginalized roles like Max von Sydow yeah sure he plays Jesus but like John Wayne has one line Sidney Poitier doesn't have a line but he's in the movie and he's given like second line billing or whatever like Mm -hmm. there's just so much like you like see these actors and you're like this person's in it and it just takes you out of the movie for a brief second and you're like okay fine I saw the two thousand four King Arthur recently. Maybe we could put that up there too. (laughs) The imitation game was was good. Decent. Um, Steve Jobs was good. Unbroken was okay. Which did you like better, Steve Jobs or? If you're about to ask me, no, the Aaron Sorkin one is Steve Jobs. Oh, what's the what's the Ashton Kutcher one? Jobs, okay. I did not they see that. Everything is, is Ashton Kutcher in the good decent. one. No, Fastbender okay, so is in the good. It's the Fastbender one. Okay, okay. I but I've heard good things about Ashton Kutcher's performance. I think though. it's fine. It's not. I've I've heard it's fine. I I don't think it's. I think the last movie I saw Ashton Kutcher might actually be Dude, Where's My Car? Like I know <laughs> he's been in things since then. He's been making that Netflix show. His his movies and I have never crossed paths. Schindler's List is written as a biopic on this. What is? Yeah, I would say it Schindler's qualifies. List. I haven't seen it. I assumed I'd be too depressed, so I always put it off. And it's then just, just never Schindler's got to List is just so extremely Bleak. well made <laughs> that yes, it's horrible the atrocities you endure, but Spielberg yeah. somehow makes it entirely watchable <laughs> from I saw, start to finish. Like I was- there's this there's this uh, thing I follow Demented Pictures on YouTube. They have like a channel and stuff, and the guy's top ten like scariest movies. Schindler's List was his number one. Like just <laughs> the fact that this shit happened is terrifying. Like yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I still need to watch Mary Queen of Scots. I heard that one wasn't Colette. as good. I've heard but I've heard I'm, good I'm, things about I'm it. I'm not. I'm disrespecting my uh, Saoirse Ronan. American Sniper was okay. Colette was good. American Sniper's good. Lone Survivor was entertaining. Lone Survivor is not good. I said it was entertaining. It had some great <laughs> sound editing. It's like Battleship is entertaining. Doesn't mean it's a good movie. Um, what else? I think what that's else? gonna do it. For you don't want me to just keep no. listing Google things for you now. <laughs> That's Another good to do minutes. it for radioactive. <laughs> two, what? Two thumbs down? No one thumbs downing it, I guess. It was a th- it oh, was I am. Yeah. It's sideways. I, <laughs> no, I am. I'm, I'm thumbs down it. Oh, it's in my bottom three movies of the year. I so. think you oh, gave it a two man. and a half, didn't you? No, I gave it two. Oh, okay. Man. I'm two and a half. I'm trying to remember. Like, there's something in between it and Wasp Network. It's, it's probably some shitty horror movie chest. you watched. For me, yeah, for it, me, it probably it is. A <laughs> film that he loves. Mine would be The Grudge and Desperados. And, uh, yeah. I hate it. Like, a bunch of movies, I keep getting excited. It's like, I need to watch more female directed films. And then it's like, so many of them are just mediocre this year that it's pretty disappointing. I think we're going to have a pretty like, mediocre year. Did we just lose John? Like, like Zach's favorite movie of the year, <laughs> The Old Guard, is female directed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why didn't we watch that if we wanted to like 
put up female directors. We didn't watch that for the podcast, huh? Shame on you. What did guys. we watch? In- we watched Palm Springs. <laughs> That's what? a much better choice. I think. In all fairness, I did say we should do Old Guard first, but then. White people, y'all be wild when it comes to <laughs> It's like, wait, let me backtrack on this real quick. <laughs> the last, let's see, the last five, the last five um, movies I've watched this year were all directed by women. Nice. nice. The last handful of movies I watched all got like two and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best movie, I, I saw, I think, four movies this weekend, and the best one was Deep Blue Sea 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Deep Blue Sea <laughs> 3 was so much more entertaining than this movie. It's like, and I didn't even really like half of it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I guess John's I'm going to give him like one more second, see if he can be a part of the sign-off. Um, I'm assuming we... Oh, one thing I can say about this movie that I thought was really great, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but there's a scene where they're walking through the snow and like it just made me think of Ash so much from like mm-hmm. a bombing that it was like it was very foreboding. And I think that was one of the times where I was like, okay, now I appreciate what this director's doing. Was it intentional? I don't know, <laughs> but I liked it. The Chernobyl sequence was like, yeah, we need, which I thought was effectively done. And like that, that basically happened too. Like yeah. some fireman <laughs> walked up and looked directly into the core. And basically melted over the next four days. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's some scary shit in history. Mm-hmm. What's crazy is you could even argue that her, you know, they're trying to get away from radioactivity as a cancer treatment, too. You know, like, um, the, you know, they want to do all immunotherapy stuff. Like, the one somewhat positive thing that they had... <laughs> in there for her is slowly slipping away from something uh, in 10 years yeah. it might be considered an archaic practice um, that wasn't the one thing positive thing she had the um mobile x-ray machines oh well, that's yes yeah that's true which are also harmful kind of yeah <laughs> but it also saved a lot of limbs and lives i'm this probably <laughs> yeah it's like when she says it's like we're you know like taking off you know limbs like sprained with sprained ankles i'm like oh jesus that's yeah whew. that was that was news to me that they're like oh you My twisted God. your ankle let's chop your leg that off. gave me a flashback yeah. well when I was that's little, got to I'd, go I when i was little i did gymnastics and I jumped off a springboard and landed funny and twisted my ankle. When I got home, my dad threatened me with like a butcher's knife to cut it off. And I will never forget that. <laughs> it was what? a joke, but it was not funny for what is this it a was a joke, but, but I was still a little too traumatized by the whole event to take it as a joke. <laughs> I fell. I fell. <laughs> I fell in a creek and like my foot smashed on a rock and I like managed to crawl my way out it was during my brother's like uh baseball game and this is when <laughs> we're in like middle school so i was just fucking around while the game was going on but then i had a game i had a game that night and my dad's like oh, you're gonna be fine you're gonna play it's like go go raise it i rice it so i had uh just go rub some dirt on it yeah so i was i spent the, the rest of it because it was andy had played in like the first thing in the morning and then i was playing a night game so I went home and I had my foot up and, you know, all night and then all, all day, but then went to my game and I, he threw me in the outfield, though, at least once, like in the right field where nobody hits the ball in Little League. 
but I, I ended up sitting out most of the game. I think I got one hit and was like hobbling down the field. I'm like, I am really hurt. And I, I went to the doctor the next day and had a broken foot. So all, all this day. made me think about, um, for whatever reason. Gymnastics should never be allowed as a sport. <laughs> That's going to do it for Radioactive. Uh, next week, we are going to flash back to the Disney classic, according to Ben. Uh, according to me as well. It's amazing. <laughs> Underappreciated is what I'll say. The Emperor's New Groove was released in 2010? 2000. Right? 2000. 2000? Okay. I was going to say. Stars David Spade, Patrick Warburton, and who else is in this movie? I've never seen it. Who did you say? David Spade, Patrick Warburton, uh, Lama, um. Patrick Warburton. Uh, who's Isma? Because uh, I know she was famous oh. too. I don't know. Uh, I'd have to John Goodman. Isma was Eartha Kitt. So is this with the, with? Is oh, this Tom like the, Jones. Tom is Jones this too. The downturn of. Like kind of Disney. This was like one of the last hurrahs of hand drawn animation for Disney. Um, downturn. Excuse me. No, but I'm just saying. Like, I mean, a lot of people <laughs> did consider this a financial downturn. I know well, it has its beloved fans. Yeah, but, but I'm saying like the the genre dies oh, pretty quickly after this. Yeah, I think the last the last hurrah, like the last big animated movie they did, was what Princess and the Frog. Yeah, but that was like a temp. That, that was a that was a reclamation. Like they were they like brought that out well after the Home on a Range or Treasure Planet or one of those is one of the last ones I think or something. Treasure Planet like just bombed unbelievably, which I haven't seen, but everything I've heard makes me think it's going to be just like Emperor's New Groove. Not not like comedy, but like oh my god, why doesn't everybody know this movie is like one of Disney's best? I, 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 I thought it. it and Atlantis both got similar. Atlantis, kind of... yeah, I think was the, after this too. Um, either way, Emperor's New Groove, hand drawn Disney animated movie. Um, I've never seen it, so I bet you're gonna hate it. Yeah, bet I'm gonna hate it. Okay, we'll see. Wait, Lilo and Stitch came out after this, so no, was it? Yeah, but Lilo and Stitch also wasn't like a huge success, like Lion King or Aladdin. It's like. Animated features in general started declining like heavily after the big renaissance of Disney. Yeah, not nearly enough parents died on screen in those movies. So, <laughs> so go watch Emperor's New Groove. Come back next week. See what I thought about it. Who cares what these guys thought? Is this one a musical? <laughs> no. no, there's no. It songs has in it. it has some numbers. I feel but... like there is one in the beginning, but I don't. It's been okay. a while since I've seen it's it. It's not. It's not okay. a musical. It... Got it. I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. You can find us at middleofrow.com. Uh, rate and review the podcast. Apparently it does stuff. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. And you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleuprow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch The Emperor's New Groove. The, the Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, the Emperor's New Groove. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road.